0: Blob Talk Radio Diabetes Late Night Radio
1: Ball of butter. Don't bring around a cloud to rain on my parade Don't tell me not to fly I simply got to If someone takes a spill it's me and not you Who told you you're allowed I guess I didn't make it, but whether I'm the rose of sheer perfection or fleck on the nose of life's complexion, the cinder over a shiny, Mr. Armstein, here I
0: am. Hello divas and dudes, are you ready? Because I'm ready to welcome you to our Diabetes Late Night podcast in celebration of National Diabetes Awareness Month. Thank you for listening, because we're about to go diva from one of the biggest divas of all time. She's going to be inspiring us all show long, and I'm talking about the one, the only, Barbara Streisand. I'm your host, Mr. Diva Bedek. I've been accused of being a diva many times in the past, but I want to inspire you tonight to manage your diabetes with confidence, knowledge, and inspiration. My guests include the Charlie's Angels of Outreach, poet Lorraine Brooks, Terry Seidman from the ADA in Pittsburgh, Mama Rosemarie, Terry Rice from... San Francisco Bay Area, and Cornelia from D.C. Tonight, we're talking about partners and diabetes with inspiration from Barbara Streisand, our November Diva inspiration, says her goal with her newest album, a duet album entitled Partners, was to reinterpret some of her biggest hits with friends, with her good friends, and in some cases, like with People featuring Stevie Wonder, she wanted to provide a whole other way of looking at that song. Well, I think we could apply a similar attitude toward managing our diabetes. Why keep doing the same thing over and over again if you're not happy with the results? Maybe you need to look at your care differently and take on a team approach. At DivaBetic, we love to use the word entourage to describe a team, and having the right partners can help you find ways to master what may seem overwhelming and confusing at first. You could get assistance with better eating habits or learn fun ways to add physical activity into your daily life and even Find out some expert opinions on how to deal with all those medications or insurance issues. Barbara Streisand chose to work with partners to put out her best performance yet, and so should you. You know, I depend on partners to help me produce this podcast as well as assist me with all aspects of our live divabetic outreach events. Earlier this month, I was honored... Um, as the first everyday health champion for diabetes. And uh, during this podcast, I'll be looking back at some of my biggest accomplishments as a health advocate in diabetes, especially my national outreach program, DivaBetic Makeover Your Diabetes. Now, none of that would have ever been possible if I didn't have the help of my entourage from my web designer, lawyer, business manager, to our podcast producer, to our network of certified diabetes educators, our motivators, fitness instructors, beauty experts, and volunteers, DivaBetic is truly a team effort. And when I need help, I'm not afraid to ask, and neither should you be. I want to empower the diva in you today to ask for help and make your health your number one priority. Coming up, I'll be talking to the Charlie's Angels of Outreach about who you should partner with to improve your diabetes self-care. Plus, you'll get to meet some of the amazing people I have partnered with to present DivaBedic's dazzling brand of outreach in celebration of National Diabetes Awareness Month. I'll also be playing selected cuts from Barbara Streisand's greatest hits, as well as her new partner's album, courtesy of Sony Music. I'd like to encourage you, before we start the show, to show some support for our dazzling brand of diabetes outreach and donate today at divabatic.org. Your tax-deductible contributions are greatly appreciated. Sit back and relax and get ready to laugh a little, learn a lot with Diabetes Late Night. People who
1: need people.
0: Diabetes Late Night. I'm your host, Mr. Diva Bedek, and I certainly need people to help me put on a dazzling approach to diabetes empowerment and education. And here's my first partner. She's my favorite partner on this podcast every month. She's a poet, a TV host, and a jewelry designer. Please welcome Lorraine Brooks.
2: Hi, Max. How are you?
0: Hello, Lorraine. I'm great. Thank you so much for being a part of the show tonight.
2: Thank you for having me. I first have to say happy Veterans Day to all our veterans out there and thank you.
0: Absolutely, I agree with that. I hope, you know, it's uh, nice to remember everybody and celebrate what they've done for our country as well, the service they've given to us. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. My brother
2: is a veteran and I always call him every Veterans Day to, just to say thank you.
0: That's wonderful. I love that. You know, we're talking about uh, divas tonight, and uh, every diva has an entourage. Uh, I'm just curious, who would you say is on your entourage?
2: I have a big entourage, Max. I have an endocrinologist. I have a family physician. I have a podiatrist. I have a dentist. I have a diabetes educator. I have a psychologist, a therapist. I have a host of friends. Um, I have uh, salespeople from the Dexcom and uh, uh, MiniMed Paradigm Insulin Pump Company who keep uh, tabs on me. Um, I have a big entourage, and I I love all of them, and they all help me to get through the day.
0: Now, I'm sure someone listening thinks, oh, my gosh, that's such a laundry list of people. It must be overwhelming. Do Do they really help you, or do you think at times it's hard to manage a team that size?
2: I, I think they really help me. I don't think I know they really help me, and uh they're not intrusive. they don't um you know uh make my life more difficult. They make my life actually easier because I know that if I have a problem or an issue or a question, I can call any one of them and um and they'll respond you know, and um that gives me peace of mind because I know that I don't have to go through this by myself and uh Uh, If they don't know the answer, they'll find out for me. But generally speaking, um, if any problem that I've ever had, uh, if I call any of them, I I always get the answer that I need. So no, it's not burdensome. It's actually it's actually a big help.
0: Well, I'm asking because you know a lot of times diva now seems to be a dirty word because a lot of times people think of uh, divas as very selfish and egocentric and a little bit over the top and. Right now, I don't know if you've been reading the headlines, but Mariah Carey is making headlines because she's been uh, named in this lawsuit that in order to get her ready for a photo shoot, it takes something like uh, $10,000 or more. In fact, she paid uh, for a manicure over $2,400 for a photo shoot. She spent $9,600 on a hairstylist, $7,200 on a makeup artist, and for the clothes alone, it was $65,000 for her stylist. Can you believe that the photo shoot was canceled?
2: I, I have one thing to say, and that is I'll do her nails for half that price.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'll do her nails for 1000 okay?
0: <laughs> it is quite. A, it is a little bit ridiculous, right? I mean, we have to be honest about it. Sometimes you could go a little bit over the top as a diva.
2: I, you know, I think that we all, you know, I, I can't even relate to that kind of money. Uh, I, I think it's all probably relative. I mean, I pay $25 for a manicure, and that seems like a lot to me. I guess if you can afford uh, fifteen hundred dollars for a manicure, go for it. But yeah, um yeah, I, I can't relate to, to that kind of um to that kind of lifestyle. I I really you know, but uh God bless her if she can do it. And um you know, I guess it's you know, it's all relative, Max. I can be a diva, you know, for a quarter. <laughs> I don't need a lot of money.
0: Absolutely. But, you know, the best thing about having partners, too, is some of them are completely free, like your coworkers, your family, and your friends. And I know you wrote a wonderful uh, poem tonight to help us celebrate the idea of partnership when it comes to diabetes self-care. Can you share that? Well, you
2: know, Max, as I said, I do have a lot of partners, and um, that is, in fact, the name of my poem. It's called Partners. No man is an island, a famous man wrote. We all need a team who can keep us afloat. We partner with those who can help us maintain and help us get over the rocky terrain. Friends can be partners that keep us on cue. Partners are people who always come through. We sing a duet with a partner in song. We hold hands with partners to whom we belong. In business, our partners share profits and loss, and good partners don't even care who's the boss. My tennis game partner plays close to the net and takes care of the shots that she knows I can't get. But I need more partners than those I have named. Sometimes I need help, and I'm not ashamed, to admit that my partners are people I need to stick by my side and to help me succeed. My doctor, my health team, my friends, and my shrink, they help bring me back when I'm out on the brink. Each day I am grateful for partners I know and for all the support to maintain status quo. So honor your partners whatever you do. A good group of divas sees all of us through.
0: I love it, and I love that you mentioned tennis in that poem. (laughs) (laughs) I think you did it for me, and I appreciate that.
2: Thank you, Max. Always a pleasure.
0: it's a great poem, and you know, I really appreciate the fact appreciate the fact that you're so open, honest about working with a therapist. A lot of times at Diabetic, we've been trying to focus more on the emotional side of diabetes, and you've been such a great catalyst for getting us to get more involved in that conversation. So, thank you, Lorraine, so much.
2: Thank you, thank you, Max, and uh, and uh, yes, my therapist is a wonderful person who who helps me to see things in a better perspective. And uh, sometimes I need that. You know, sometimes I get caught up in my own thoughts. And my own fears and so forth. And it's good to have an objective person to run things by. And uh, I wouldn't have it any other way.
0: So thank you. That's great. Well, you know, Barbara Streisand and I have something in common, Lorraine. What's that? We both started our careers in musical theater. Here's one a lot wow. further than mine did. But I think that's why I always put And a little neither bit of have you have biz. had a nose either. So. <laughs> you, oh, right. And uh, that's why I think I put a little bit of showbiz glamour into every divabetic outreach event. This next Barbra Streisand song captures the spirit of what it means to put on a show. Let's take a listen. Pits by bit, put it
1: together. Piece by piece only way to make a work of art Every moment makes its contribution Every little detail plays a part Having just a vision no solution Everything depends on execution Putting it together
0: All right, well, my next guest knows what it's like to put on a show. She just put on a big one this past Saturday in Pittsburgh, the American Diabetes Association's annual expo. I've had the pleasure of working with this dynamic diabetes advocate for the past eight years. She's the assistant director at the ADA in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, please welcome Terry Seidman. Hi, Terry.
3: Hey, Max. How are you?
0: I'm great. I'm still um, enjoying the uh, the afterglow of an amazing outreach day of successful (laughs) outreach in Pittsburgh. Tell everyone what happened at the ADA Expo this past year.
3: Well, in addition to the workshops, the screenings, the youth and family fun zone, the cooking demonstration, the Let's Move and Groove. The diabetic stage this year's theme was the diabetes time machine. And we went back in time and came up to the present looking at the development of technology as well as our, the nutrition aspect and activity aspect of manager, managing our diabetes uh, along with discovery of insulin. And it was, Max, was you were fabulous.
0: It was (laughs) very inspiring
3: and so much fun.
0: You always help me with my vision. You know, I really want to take that subject matter on because I feel like everyone keeps talking about a cure, and myself included, I want a cure more than anyone. But I think it's important as well to kind of look at the innovations, innovators, and insights that have happened along the way that can make managing your diabetes uh, so much easier today than ever before. And, you know, for me, one of the biggest highlights was, in fact, that wonderful uh, exhibit from the New York Historical so- Society on the discovery of insulin, which really kind of showcased uh, the discovery of insulin and actually had this really some really wonderful testimonials from the children who first received insulin. Did any of that resonate with you? Mm
3: -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, you look at Teddy Ryder, who was one of the first children who weighed, what was it, 27 pounds? And after the first year of being on insulin, he weighed 50 pounds. And we saw the letter that he had written to Dr. Best and Dr. Banting stating that, I am now fat and I can climb a tree. It, It was just Amazing because truly, we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the discovery of insulin.
0: No, and so many of our relatives uh, wouldn't be here either. I mean, just be completely a different world. And that exhibit just really goes right to the heart and soul of everyone who's affected by diabetes. I mean, I was just so grateful to be a part of that, and then you gave me that incredible honor of being able to salute all those successful children who've been managing their diabetes so well for the past 10 years. We presented the Lily Diabetes Journey Awards. Tell everyone a little bit about that.
3: Yeah, we uh, are fortunate enough in Pittsburgh that we have uh, diabetes cancer children, and these children's families responded to – uh, Lily, that ha- that runs the program for living with diabetes ten years or more, and awarded them with these awards, and we were able to recognize them during the program of this achievement. And Max really was wonderful in discussing with them how they felt when they were first diagnosed, how they feel now about living with diabetes, and really looking. And this is perfect that the partners and their caregivers, which who, who are their family members. And, you know, a lot of times those partners don't get looked at, and the family members, like mom and dad and and and, the, and their siblings, don't get recognized as being so important in their uh, managing to live with diabetes and, and being successful at it. So that was, you really were, you hit it right on the nail.
0: Well, and, you know, um we should tell everyone you're living with diabetes so who's a part of you who are your partners when you cuz you have a family history of diabetes spe- specifically type 1 diabetes
3: Yeah my dad was diagnosed at the age of 13 in 1937 so di- uh so insulin truly was only around for 15 years and my sister and I both have diabetes and my sister just received the Lily 50 year uh award And I have had diabetes for 45 years. So I agree with Lorraine. When you look around and see who your partners are, certainly my endocrinologist, you know, my pump team support person from Animus. Uh, I work with a lot of CDERNs, and they truly are supportive all the time. Uh, and, And my husband and my children. So, and my dog, who knows when I have a reaction sometimes in the middle of the night and wakes me up. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I love it And you know an event like The one we hosted uh, Saturday The American Diabetes Association's Annual Expo in Pittsburgh Really makes People living with diabetes Not feel like they're alone That they're part of a community I'm just curious Like what led you To want to get involved In such a big event? Uh, the ADA Over the course of the last
3: 18 years Has created this expo And Pittsburgh Was selected as a site To hold the expo And I liked Coordinating and organizing and having a lot of balls in the air and keeping them and juggling all of them, and I'm really, really proud of the expo and the content that the program content that we provide because not the DUBEX stage is incredible with all of the information that we've given over as infotainment, as I like to describe. You know, diabetes education not being delivered in white coats, uh, taking it out of the clinical setting and making it making it information that people can put their hands around and, and walk away feeling good and positive. And I think that the Expo does does that, and people feel energized when they leave, that they feel good about what they're doing and want to take the next step forward.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. All right, let's give a shout-out to the other team members who are involved in the Diabetes Time Machine stage show at the ADA Expo. Who were they?
3: We had Jan Kaczynski, who is D E R N. Connie Fraser, who is a CDERD, Lori Bednarz, who is a CDERN, Lorraine Starsky, who is an RN in Sue Cleveland, who uh, delves greatly in activity and exercise. So
0: those were our five divas
3: uh, this year that helped Max out make this presentation.
0: Well, thank you so much for being a part of the show, and congratulations on a worthwhile, wonderful event. I was so glad to be a part of it.
3: Thank you so much, Max.
0: All right, everybody. We're gonna take now take a look back at Diabetic. One of D- DivaBedic's biggest outreach events of all time is the Diabetic Make Over Your Diabetes event. I was uh, so honored to be able to visit eight major cities with this show, including Atlanta and Cleveland. Please welcome the Charlie's Angels of Outreach. Oh la la! Patricia Addy Gentle from Atlanta. Hello, Patricia. Hi, Max. How are you? Great. And Marianne horst Nikolai from Cleveland, Ohio. Hello, Marianne. Hi, Max. All right, Patricia, I want to start with you because this is where it all happened. We started doing outreach together for the first time in Atlanta at the Fox Theater in 2006. You were chosen as a pilot city for us with this outreach event. I could honestly say to my listeners right now I had no idea what I was doing. Um, But I guess I did it well. And uh, one of the great things was I I got to meet you. What was it like for you to be part of the makeover experience?
4: It was absolutely amazing. It was something like I had never experienced before and never even imagined. I looked at that as a, a very innovative type of educational setting. Um, It was glamorous, but it was educational, it was fun, it was inspiring. It was just all of that.
0: And what was your role in the event for everybody?
4: Well, uh, Max, I played the role of the lead educator. I was a a liaison for yourself and for your team of experts, as well as the local CDEs. We were able to um, have our educational mazes uh, based on the uh, various stations that you had envisioned in in your uh, layout, and we had educators who were able to fulfill the needs of the participants and answer questions and do everything in such an amazing type of setting at the Fox Theater. Plus, it was so casual, yet glamorous. It was unintimidated. It was just a a non-traditional type of clinical setting, and it was out of this world. It was something that I never even thought about.
0: Well, and from there you I hired you on, and you continued to be part of the traveling tour and you you didn't go to Philadelphia, but you came back with us after that and you were there to experience one of our biggest, most successful outreach programs, which happened in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm so grateful to have Marianne on the program tonight. Hi, Marianne. Hi, Max. So what was it like for you? You were the local lead educator in Cleveland, and you helped us kind of get the divas in Cleveland to learn about our event and, and get them to come out.
5: Well, right, and we um, yeah, we worked hard together to pull that off, and um, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun, especially when you came to that day that it all came together and you saw all those people coming in and not really knowing what to expect but being so um, overwhelmed and so just the looks on their faces and their eyes, and it was just a wonderful experience. Um, what I liked the best about the first time you came to Cleveland was we um, collected names of divas and we started with that first divabetic, we started our diva outreach program. Um, that continues to be monthly since that first event, which is very cool. I'm very proud of that.
0: No, and you did such an amazing job with it. That has to be one of my favorite uh, memories is the Diva Club in Cleveland that you created and really drove and and, and um, took control, you know, just did such a great job of steering that through. And I know one of the things you did that always really caught my attention, I loved, was you would go dining out with the divas. You would take everybody out to lunch, and you would help them kind of learn how to master the menu.
5: Yeah, we did that. We had a nice grant from the United Black Fund of Cleveland to um, do a dining out with diabetes series for about a year and a half. And so we would alternate between lunch and dinner. But we went to different restaurants, um, different cuisines, and learned how to read a menu, learned how to navigate through it. We um, just had fun learning about how to order healthy and not going too far over our meal budget. We also looked at different apps on our cell phones or on computers to kind of help us prepare for going out to eat. We just had a, a really good time. And then we ordered food and we sat and ate together and talked and got to know each other better. It was a good time. I enjoyed that also.
0: No, I think that's great. I mean, I know one of the hurdles that our listeners have is food when it comes to their diabetes, and so yeah. having a partner like a nutritionist or a registered dietitian or dietitian on their team makes a difference. And so, you know, when you think about a lot of people think about working with a nutritionist, they think, "Oh no, they're gonna they're gonna take everything off my plate. I'm gonna have to eat rabbit food." Right. And your th- that experience that you're just talking about doesn't sound at all like that. So what is what is having what does someone like a registered dietitian, dietitian do? How can they help someone with their diabetes? And, and what's the real truth behind it?
5: Well, um, first of all, what we try to explain to people, or what I always try to explain to people, is that there's no, there's nothing that you can't eat. Um, a person with diabetes can eat anything, almost anything. Um, you might not be able to eat as much as you want but you can still work it into your meal plan. And a registered dietitian or a registered dietetic technician can sit with you and help to develop a meal plan that's going to fit your lifestyle, um, get all your nutritional needs in, um, but something that 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 works for you, not just a sheet torn off and handed it, you know, handed to you. So it's important to sit down with a dietitian or a dietetic technician and and work on something that works best for you. But all foods fit. There's nothing, not not really anything that you can't have. You just need to learn how to work it into a meal plan, and that's what I always prided myself on doing with folks that I worked with.
0: So, do you think that's one of the big slip ups is that people have this all or nothing approach to when it comes to food, like I'll either eat everything I want and just you know ignore my diabetes or I'll feel like I can't eat anything because I'm trying to manage my diabetes?
5: I think people are really surprised at um that all foods fit there was one diva at one of our outreach sessions, we were talking about ice cream because one of the divas knew that I lived near this really great ice cream parlor. And so we were joking about it, and they were saying, well, we really can't eat ice cream anymore. So the next diva session when we came together, we learned how to eat ice cream. And we learned how to read a food label to make a good choice. We learned um, everything we could think of about ice cream and frozen yogurt and things like that. And then our treat for the day was actually having some ice cream. And you could have it in a dish or you could have it in an ice cream cone. But the thing that has always stayed with me is that one of our divas came over to me afterwards and with tears in her eyes, I'm truly with tears in her eyes, said, Marianne, I haven't had an ice cream cone since I was diagnosed because I didn't know I was allowed to have it. Can you imagine going through life without ice cream?
0: No, and I think that's really you know, I think that's a real common thing that people, you know, um have is they feel like they're being deprived when they right. have diabetes, and it kind of comes back to haunt them. Now, Patricia, I know you're a registered nurse as well as a certified diabetes educator. When it comes to managing your medications, it could be kind of overwhelming because some of the symptoms of one medication work against the other one, and you you know people get tired and they're not quite sure. How can someone like you, a registered nurse, certified diabetes educator, be a good partner to someone living with diabetes?
4: Well, Max, my role. Uh, with my um, participants or with the clients that I serve is to empower them with education and most of all to allow them to have knowledge of resources that are available to them. And so when it comes to their drugs or any questions about medications that they're taking or maybe even over-the-counters that they're considering, Um, You know, I can give them basic information, but I always align them with their local pharmacist as well because the pharmacist is definitely a partner in our diabetes management. So I tell most people, you see your pharmacist more often than you see your doctor in most cases. You're picking up prescriptions on a monthly basis, and multiple prescriptions usually means that you refill them sometimes at different times. You may be in and out of your pharmacy two or three times a month, and the pharmacist is very knowledgeable concerning medications, drugs to drugs, drug-to-drug interactions, and any questions that may arise about over-the-counter medicines to treat symptoms and home remedies. So the pharmacist is definitely a partner that we don't want to overlook.
0: And also a pharmacist would probably be a great person to turn to if you want to go for uh, if finances are an issue for you and you're looking for a cheaper medication, right? I mean, they would be the ones to ask about what the generic version would be.
4: Absolutely, absolutely, and sometimes they're knowledgeable about various programs where you may be able to get discounts on prescriptions.
0: All right, now, you know, Patricia, not only did you help with the medications, but you also helped talk about relationships. You were the captain of the Tunnel Love uh, uh, educational station in the makeover maze. we, We try to talk about this topic all the time, I think when we initially came out with it, people were a little hesitant that we were going on a national program talking about intimacy issues, sexual dysfunction at our program, but the results were quite amazing. What was your experience as the captain of that station across the country?
4: I was overwhelmed. I was just in awe uh, concerning the questions and the various topics that came up in that particular uh, maze because people were, to my amazement, were ready and open for the conversation. They just never had the opportunity or they felt intimidated in certain settings to even approach that particular topic. But in our educational mazes with Diva Betic, it came so natural and so many people were open up. I had uh, women who would bring their spouses or their significant others and it even with the other way i had men who came to the maze and would talk about sexual dysfunction so it is an overlooked topic it's an over well underrated type of topic that we look at as being taboo we are often shy away from and and we we're just hesitant to talk about it but it's something that we need to bring to the forefront and allow others to understand that they're not the only one and that there is help and uh most of them were able to after after talking with us more comfortable in having a conversation with a healthcare provider
0: I love that was that's probably my hands down favorite moment of everything I did on makeover was introducing that topic into the discussion and dialogue on the national outreach event. All right, well, you know, if you're listening to this right now, it's Mr. Divabetic with the Charlie's Angels of Outreach on Diabetes Late Night. We're talking about our famous signature outreach program, Makeover Your Diabetes, and, you know, we were just discussing the education component. But there was plenty of glitz and glamour involved in putting on one of these Divabetic extravaganzas. So you're about to meet one of my friends who was one of the glamour fearless partners involved in the makeover program. But first, we're we're talking about partners so let's play another duet from Barbara Streisand's newest album called Partners featuring Blake Shelton let's take a listen you're
1: still sweet as a honeybee after all
6: these years you'll always be that funny girl to me
0: You know, part about being a diva is asking for help, and it's not just asking for help from your doctors and the other health care providers, it's also asking for help with your friends and family. When it came to putting on my big national programs, I did involve my friends and family, and here's a really great friend of mine who I roped into being a part of the diabetic program. Please welcome Terry Rice. Hello, Terry.
7: Hey there, Max. How are you?
0: Welcome to the show.
7: Thank you very much.
0: Hearing a lot of voices that you know from past diabetic makeover events. What's oh your favorite? My God. I'm
7: Yeah, I'm just, you know, I was listening to Patricia and just thinking about Cleveland. And when I was just, you know, thinking about what we were going to talk about, it was like it was all so wonderful and the people, you know, it's the people.
0: Now, you helped uh, manage one of the biggest production uh, parts of the program, which was our Glamour Fearless Fashion Show, which uh, featured models of all shapes and sizes living with affected by or at risk of diabetes. What was that like to work with Catherine Schuler?
7: Oh, my God. Um, Catherine is just the most amazing woman, and I had never really met anyone like that. She takes on everything around her, and her whole goal is to make people feel beautiful and glamorous, even though they are living with diabetes. And, you know, I had the good fortune to help Catherine set up her station in the maze and to help her bring out all these gorgeous dresses and shoes and and then people would come through her uh, station and we would select a few that we would have in the fashion show. And we would take them back and have various dresses that they could try on. And then you had your wonderful people doing their hair and their makeup. And one particular time really, I mean, because I had never had that experience, Um, I had a woman in the back getting dressed and there was a big mirror and I kept having her look into the mirror and she wouldn't do that because she said, I just am not glamorous. I, I don't deserve to have a mirror. And we put these beautiful clothes on her and we then explained to her that she could wear whatever she wanted because she was beautiful inside. And she really, she she was like a makeover. She was amazing. And I can't remember exactly. I want to say it was in the South. And she came out and she led that fashion show. She just took on a whole new personality. So it was really, it was sensational just working with these people and showing them that, you know, you can live your life even though you have diabetes. Absolutely. I love that. I love that
0: memory. Time. I think that's such a powerful memory and a, a great message for anyone listening right now about, you know, um, feeling inspired and in what you can achieve. You know, a lot of people accused me of roping in my friends and family. They knew nothing about the event or what they were walking into. Was that like was that what it was like for you when you first came to a diabetic makeover or diabetes event?
7: I sell real estate in California. (laughs) 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 Max and I share being godmother and godfather to my daughter's daughter, Gianna, who was fortunate enough to model in the glamour Fearless. And um, it was a huge awakening for me. And Rosemary and Stan, Max's parents, the t-shirts and we all wore with love and pride our diva t-shirts and I have to tell you that there's also a like a diva bag and wherever I am anywhere I carry my diva bag because I can get so much in it and people stop me and say oh have you got diabetes and I say no but I work with this group, and they instantly start telling me about their family, their friends. And I came to realize that diabetes goes through all people and wherever you are. And I would always give them Max's card and say, you know, you should really tune in to his program because there's so much information. So it's been a huge gift for me and a a wonderful learning experience.
0: Well, and sharing it with you has, was a huge, tremendous gift for me. I'm so glad you could be part of the show tonight. I know, uh, are you a Barbara fan? I think you're a Barbara fan. Are you? A Bar- I know you're oh, like yeah, a Van anne fan. Are you a Barbara Streisand fan?
8: Of course, of course.
0: Because <laughs> our next musical selection <laughs> fe- features Michael Buble. He's teaming up with Barbara Streisand on this song. Let's take a listen, everybody.
1: It had to be you just had to be you I wandered around, finally found somebody who could make me be true or oh, couldn't make me be.
0: Hi, everybody. You're listening to the Diabetes Late Night Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Diva Bedek, and we've been talking about the Makeover Program. I just spoke to two of our educators, Marianne Nicolai, uh, Patricia Addy-Gentle, and my good friend. She was running the backstage glamour, fearless fashion show, Terry Rice. Let's turn the tables now and talk to one of the participants. I'm so honored to have Cornelia from D.C. with us tonight. Hello, Cornelia. It's easy Nuts and everyone. All right, now you were one of the divas who we were. Terry Rice was just giving us a wonderful uh, description of how we were helping boost people's attitudes and their confidence at the event. How, what, what was it like for you?
6: Oh, gosh, it was the most, first of all, it was the only event I had ever attended where diabetics were pampered, given so much knowledge, and I had just never attended an event like that. It's the only one I've attended since you haven't been back to the Washington metropolitan area. <laughs>
0: well, I actually come back to Bethesda every year, and I get to host the pie con, the pie baking contest in at Central Farm Markets. But I haven't done a makeover event in that area in a long time. You're you're absolutely right. Really? I, I miss the DC area very much.
6: Well, we missed having you here. <laughs>
0: and tell us a little bit about, your... about it. And so tell us a little bit about your experience living with diabetes.
6: Well, I've had diabetes for 40 years. I guess I self-diagnosed myself when I went to the doctor knowing it was an hereditary disease. Uh, my, I've lost my mother, my grandmother, two sisters, two diabetes. I currently have a sister and a brother that's diabetic. My oldest son is a diabetic. So when I... Had all the symptoms, I kind of knew what was going on and and true enough, I did have it
0: <laughs> okay, and you're um we were we had a chance to talk a little bit earlier so what what is your you were telling me a little bit about your a one c what is your a one c currently?
6: It's not as low as I know my doctor would like for it to be. It's usually around nine nine point five, and I know that's high.
0: Well, that means your, your your three month average of blood sugar readings would be 240. For people who are listening right now who aren't familiar with the A1C, that's kind of the gold standard in how they look at care. It's a three month. Uh, they they take your A1C every three months, and the average of all your blood sugars is what gives you a number. And yours would be a nine. So when you go to your doctor, how do you guys how what kind of partners are you with your doctor? How would you describe your partnership?
6: Very good, uh, I absolutely love my doctor uh, and I'm very honest with him. i don't do I don't test my blood sugar on a regular basis. in fact, I can almost say I never do it. That's not something I advocate for anyone to not do, but I don't do it, and I share that with my doctor
0: now why what, what about checking your blood sugars? Don't you like?
6: Oh, I don't know. I guess just just the thought of sticking myself more. I take um, my insulin shots twice a day, and I don't mind doing that. But and I just can't hardly bring myself to stick my fingers or anywhere else to get blood tested. I know it's not good, but I'm just honest. I don't test it.
0: No, I appreciate your honesty, but for the listeners out there, and we did talk about this earlier, and I'm so grateful that you're willing to share it on the air tonight. But, I mean, how how do you, when you go to your doctor, how do you manage your insulin if you're not checking your blood sugars at all?
6: I don't know. I guess living with it so long, I know how I feel. Um, and that's all I can go on because I don't test it. I really don't know why I don't. Really have a reason. I have very good partners who uh, I don't know. They they don't like that I don't test it. You
0: know? Well, no and, one you, likes and there's a part of you who doesn't like it too, correct, Cornelia? I mean, it isn't. I mean, it must be a little bit. How does it? I mean, you know, it's hard to talk about it, isn't it, or admit to?
6: Um, it may be hard to talk about it, but I'm comfortable with it with it because I don't do it and I don't mind telling people I don't do it. It's, I don't advocate other diabetics go around not testing theirs, but it's something that I don't do.
0: No, and, and I appreciate that. All right, so I want to bring in Patricia Addy Gentle for a minute. She's a certified diabetes educator as well as Marianne Nikolai from Cleveland. Uh, we're talking a little bit with Cornelia about not checking. I know people listening. There's a lot more people like Cornelia in the world than are the ones who are checking their blood sugars, Patricia. This is a little bit – this is a difficult uh, it is difficult for people to hear this, and, and I agree with um, Cornelia. It is uncomfortable for a lot of people. What What can you do to make it more comfortable to check your blood sugars?
4: Well, I, I was listening to Cornelia, and I did hear her say it's just difficult to get blood from any area of the body. You know, we do have the alternate site testing where you're not sticking fingers, but um, if if the sight of blood is is the problem or you know i think what she probably needs to do is to identify the barrier and figure out exactly what it is that's distasteful distasteful for her um you know if it's the sight of blood then there are uh Lansing devices where you don't really see the blood uh if you're doing uh, alternate site until you're ready to put the strip there Really right, and and area. and
0: um, uh, Marianne, you've been working as mm-hmm. a diabetes advocate for years. You ran that Diva Club program. You've met millions of divas. I mean, not millions, but a lot of divas living with Enough. diabetes. I'm yeah. sure you've heard, Yeah. You've heard this story before. Has anyone yeah. ever turned it around? Have you ever heard someone actually who was somewhat like Cornelia and maybe changed their mind?
5: Yeah, some of the ladies when they when they talk to each other, having that buddy system. um They can help each other to maybe kind of see the light and turn things around or or help them to move in a direction that maybe is a better direction. But ultimately it's uh, Cornelia's decision. Um, Again, like Patricia said, I would probably want to find out, well, what are the real barriers here to you testing? And can we overcome those barriers? If we can't and you're just, I'm not going to test, then okay, that is your choice. Um, and it's my responsibility as an educator to provide you with information so that you can make an informed choice, but ultimately the choice is hers to make. So um, I would probably advocate um, if we can't um, get past those barriers, then make sure you're working with a diabetes educator that can help you develop a meal plan that fits your lifestyle, that's something you're willing to follow, um, that takes care of all of your nutrition needs, get an exercise activity plan in order so that you can, again, follow something that fits your your lifestyle. Make sure you're going to the doctor um, on a regular basis, and make sure you're seeing all the doctors you need to see, the eye doctor, the dentist. If you need to see a cardiologist or someone for your kidneys, um, a podiatrist, make sure you're getting those appointments in. And... Um, you know, we have to work our way around that. If if Cornelia just isn't going to test, then we got
0: to work our way around that. Well, and she is doing some really amazing. You're doing some amazing. We should tell everyone, Cornelia, you're doing some amazing stuff. You pamper yourself. You give yourself safe Mm -hmm. manicures, pedicures. You have a good friend, Sandra, who's in the church uh, with you, who does the research for you on diabetes, who shares her knowledge. You you have a support system within the church. You you listen to the health messages from Claudia, your health partner, and you're inspired by Pat LaBelle, who of course makes you raise your voice for awareness, which you're doing tonight, and I appreciate that so much. So I mean, there is a lot of good going on. On in your care yeah. i don't want to, i don't want anyone to think that i'm pointing the finger and bashing you because i'm really actually Thank celebrating you, you.
6: Because i've had diabetes for 40 years i'm not bragging i give all the glory to god i'm in good shape and my doctors tell me that i've had diabetes as long as i have i am I'm, knocking on wood i'm in pretty good shape and i don't test it i know that's not good i'm not afraid of blood so Patricia, that's not why I don't test it. I don't know. I just don't do it.
0: All right. Well, you know what? Guess what? Uh Cornelia, I'm celebrating you tonight. We're going to play a game because you are in good shape. So we're going to play our first game right now. And I've got, I've got the I feel the fighter in you right there. So we're going to play a song from our diva inspiration from November, Barbara Streisand. Let's take a listen everybody. here we go we're going to play our diabetes time machine you heard me talking earlier to terry simon from ada expo i played this game all day in pittsburgh you're going to play it right now cornelian you got a chance to win some big prizes i'm going to give you three milestones in diabetes history and you have to try to put them in the correct chronological chronological order if you need help you can call on one of our educators either marianne horse Nikolai, or patricia addy gentle tonight here are your three milestones a French scientists remove the pancreas from a dog and discover that diabetes develops. B, De Meyer of Belgium proposes the name insulin for the unknown pancreas substance. And C, a German student identifies the islets of Langerharn, which helps produce the hormone insulin in the pancreas. Okay, we're looking at the turn of the century and trying to put these three things in order. Was it that they removed the pancreas from a dog? Was it that they actually proposed the name insulin? Or was it the discovery of uh, the hormone insulin uh, the, the hormone insulin in the pancreas? Which happened first? Ooh. I know, this is a tough I, one.
6: Yeah, I would say the dog was first, but I would like to get, I'd like to use a lifeline. <laughs>
0: you, <laughs> bring, bring, bring. All right, let's see. Right. Who would you like to call? Would you like Marianne or Patricia? Uh,
6: let me get Marianne's input on this one.
0: All right, Marianne.
6: Okay. Well, uh, I think it's um I'm gonna
5: go with the students. The the German students identifying the um Isles of Langerham.
0: You're you got that one right.
5: That okay. That was a major yay. milestone. Yay. That was a
0: major milestone. yay, yay for us. All right, now what do you think happened second? I think the
6: the pancreas from the dog was probably the second one. And the name insulin probably came up
0: last. Unfortunately, that dog was named Lassie, but that's another story. That's correct. 1869. A German medical uh, student announced that the pancreas contains two types of cells, which are later identified as the Islets of Langerhorn. In 1889, we had the University of Strasbourg, France, remove the pancreas from a dog to determine the effect on digestion, and they discovered that diabetes develops. And in 1909, the name insulin was proposed uh, for the unknown pancreatic substance. So congratulations on that for playing our game tonight and helping us raise awareness in a fun new way, and also sharing your diva voice with us. You're getting a new Naturals gift basket filled with diabetic, safe, low-glycemic, tooth-friendly sweeteners, a Cabot Cheese gift basket, a Sprite Publishing prize giveaway, and Dr. Greenfield's diabetic products, which are specifically designed for people with diabetes with sensitive and delicate skin. The Spry Yay. Publishing package contains health books from the media, delivering valuable content on a wide range of medical issues across a array of platforms. It also features AD, AADE Educator of the Year Susan Weiner and professional organizer Leslie Josell's newest book, The Complete Guide: uh, The Complete Diabetes Organizer. They'll be our keynote speakers this week. <laughs> Achieve a Better Victory Over Diabetes in Philadelphia. So thank you so much, Cornelia, for being a part of the show tonight.
6: And, Max, if I could mention real quick, when you mentioned the year 1909, my father was born in the
0: 1800s, <laughs> wow. and I'm not wow. 60. <laughs> well, happy birthday! I mean, it is a. It's, don't you find when you hear about the wow. history, Cornelia, how much has happened? Like all the innovations, insights. I mean, those three things that we were just talking about really were game changers for everyone living with diabetes today.
6: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: And what do you think, uh, Patricia Addy Gentle, of all those milestones in in the turn of the century?
4: I'm sorry. What do I?
0: What were your feelings on all those um, milestones from the turn of the century?
4: Oh, these are tremendous milestones. Um, It has brought us so far in the treatment of diabetes. I I can even remember, I'm probably dating myself, uh, I remember when I was first in nursing where um, people did not have home meters to test blood sugars, so... We have made a lot of strides in in the uh, care of people with diabetes. So um, they were only tested when they went to their doctors, when they had blood draws, when they went to a, a lab. But there was no at-home system for testing when I first graduated from nursing school.
0: Incredible. And, you know, mm-hmm. um reminds me of Barbara Streisand's career has spanned so many decades. It's amazing. And she's been partnering so many incredible Uh, including one of our inspirations back in June, which was John Legend. So this song, What Kind of Fool, which was originally sung by Barry Gibbs, gets a dramatic arrangement with John Legend on her newest album, entitled Partners. Let's take a listen. What
1: what kind of fool
0: everybody. Welcome back. It's time to meet my last guest of the evening. It's Mama Rosemarie from Columbia, South Carolina. Hi, Mama Rosemarie. Hi, Nick. Welcome to the show.
8: What a pleasure it is to be here.
0: Favorite memory working on the diabetic Makeover Your Diabetes? You were pretty much a part uh, of all uh, of them.
8: Oh, yes. Well, they were all so wonderful, but... I was overwhelmed with the first one in Atlanta where I met Patricia, and I just um, never could imagine anything so uh, wonderful and how we incorporated the um, education with making people who are living with diabetes feel beautiful. It was really quite um, an honor to be there.
0: Oh, And we're glad you could be part of it. What is your tip for the month?
8: Oh, um, my tip for this month of November is on how to improve your attitude. Did you know that it is a scientific fact that your brain automatically, automatically imitates the behaviors of the people around you? Surround yourself with positive thinkers and avoid those who are excessively negative. Don't take yourself so seriously either. If you want to be a happier person and make those around you feel more comfortable, cultivate the ability to laugh at yourself. Look for the positive in everything and make over your diabetes. Ciao for now.
0: All right, thanks, Mama Rosemary. Hey, we just got one more caller. I think it's Jeff Jones or Winston Kerr calling in from Los Angeles. Hello, Jeff or Winston? Are you on the air?
1: Hmm.
0: Well, I guess I guessed that wrong, everybody. We had a caller from... uh, I guess from. I'm here, Susan McCaslin. Oh, great, Susan! Hi. I was looking at 203. Welcome! You're our webmaster. Yeah, hi, that's me. Hi. You, I love it. <laughs> we are recapping. We have a couple more minutes left. You've been a part. You know, next year we're celebrating our 10 year anniversary, Susan, and you yep. three of the website. It is hard to believe it's been 10 years. And I could not have done any of it without you. You're responsible for the whole look and image of DivaBedic. It has served as such a positive inspiration to women and men around the world. I just can't even believe how many people you've touched. And I'm so grateful for your partnership. And so glad you called in. What's it like working on DivaBedic?
8: Oh, it's so much fun working on Divabetic. It's so much fun to be with so many people who have such positive attitudes. And listening to Mama Rose, what she just said, it that's what everybody on Divabetic is like. Everyone is a happy person that's really working hard to make other people's lives wonderful. And I just wanted to say that my favorite memory of the makeovers was being in the room and watching people come in from the outside at the beginning, and they all were kind of hanging their heads a little and not quite knowing what's about to happen. And by the end, they're all dancing, and they're getting their pictures taken by Winston with the pig boas. And it was just wonderful to see the transformation of people by Diva Betic.
0: I agree. I I feel so honored that I got to partner with you and Mama mm-hmm. Rosemarie and Patricia and Marianne and Cornelia joined us and Terry Rice and Terry Seidman and everyone involved in the show, is such, it was bigger than I was. And if, if I take away any moment from this show tonight. I hope those of you listening during National Diabetes Awareness, Awareness Month know that every Devo dude deserves an entourage, and I'm so grateful to be part of yours. Let's get happy and stay healthy together. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Well, some folks like to get
1: away. Take a holiday from the neighborhood Hop a flight to Miami Beach or to Hollywood But I'm taking a greyhound on the Hudson River I'm in a New York state of Cars and their limousines I've
6: been high-